what I generally don't get about people saying stuff like it's too black is how ridiculous it sounds in other situations. If I sat here and I was like, Daredevil is just too blind for me. Like, just, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I can't relate to not being able to see and seeing a world on fire. Right. I just I get it. Blind culture thing. I just can't wrap my mind around. How much braille can they force into my hand? <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture, literature, movies, television, even music. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Panel. Everything covered uh, from the back bins to the big screen and everything in between. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp news, as well as some news about Old Man Logan. Supergirl takes off her cape and shares it with her cousin. Luke Cage uh, discussion. We have some emails and a very special guest. But before we get to any of that stuff, let's introduce the rest of the panel. I'm Brian Ibbett. More about that later. More about Brian. Joining us, uh, as always, uh, is the, uh, the the guy that got shot down on the dark side of the moon, Mr. Uh, Charles McFall, the rock out of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Decepticon. Is that what I am uh, now? No, no. We'll get, you'll you'll understand believe, the reference okay. here. I believe All I've right. dubbed him the light rock god of podcasting. The light beige, god. thank you. <laughs> Luke Beige. The Luke Beige, the light rock god of podcasting. Uh, that voice you just heard is, uh, you know, the girlfriend that got shoved in a fridge. It's uh, Mr. Paul Klotz. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Mr. Chris Wisdom, the guy who got shot by that burglar I could have stopped on his way through the uh, hallway there. You just didn't feel the need to. Just didn't feel the need to. <laughs> notable exits, notable comic book exits is what we were going for today. Uh, I got Chris's. I got Chris's. Who 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 was that? I'm the filthy casual. So who was the the girlfriend sh- uh, shoved into That's the Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, exactly Alex. Oh yes, yes. I, it's been a while since I've, I've read the. And then uh, of course, the lanterns. Phoenix at one point was uh, killed on the dark side of the moon during a. Um, or an X-Men, uh, an X-Men battle. Okay. <laughs> With the, uh, not Guardians. Who are they? The, uh, the Shire. The Shire. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reference, by the way, uh, and we'll just get this out of the way real quick, is uh, this is uh, my last episode of Breaking the Panel. Um, really enjoyed being part of the show when I was able to be part of the show. I've been, you know, it's no secret to anybody. The schedule that I've had has only allowed me to be on less than half of the episodes since its debut. And um, other uh, projects and, and things coming up are going to preclude me from being able to even maintain that sporadic schedule. So I'll still be in the background, still be part of the network, but um, uh, I'm leaving you guys in the very capable hands of uh, Light Rock God Charles and uh, Paul and Chris. <laughs> So you guys will do just fine protecting the streets of Harlem from... Uh, <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> but our me. listeners love us. That's right. <laughs> As they should. Yeah. So, all the more awesome news. What do you got, Clotch? You got some stuff about some casting. Yeah, well, uh, you know, New York Comic Con was this past weekend, and... Uh, there is some really exciting stuff that came out. We're going to hit a couple of topics. We're not going to hit everything. Um, we might, you know, pull some stuff in in the future too because there was just so much going on. One of the really exciting things was uh, 
<clears throat> Defenders casting, they talked about Defenders. Uh, they had all four of the main heroes of Defenders up on stage. And then they introduced a very special announcement, a very special actress who's going to play the villain in Defenders, and none other than Sigourney Weaver. There is no Sigourney Weaver. Only Zool. Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, whether it be uh, ancient uh, demons or, you know, creepy xenomorphic aliens from some other strange world, uh, she's going to bring some uh, some kick-ass. I'm thinking, I hope. Um, you know, obviously I don't expect her to necessarily be an action-packed character, but uh, I th- expect her to bring her gravitas which will be really exciting mm-hmm. oh for sure it was interesting to see the lineup um that they had on there i mean obviously i knew it was going to be you know your daredevil your jessica jones your luke cage and your your uh, iron fist um i know that netflix is currently shooting a punisher series as well um mm-hmm. punisher works alone so it makes sense that he wouldn't be part of the the defenders group per se but i hope there's going to be more than just the one episode meet in a diner crossover kind of thing. Um, I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot more Punisher intertwined with the stories. So it, it's a bummer that he wasn't up on stage with them to kind of be part of that, that yeah. discussion. But um, if it's just your defenders, then I guess it makes sense. Well, you know, it, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of time between then and now. I mean, we have iron fist coming soon, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, which will come before defenders hits, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, I think honestly, like my, if I can just like think out loud here for a second, I think really the big struggle with getting Punisher into stuff right now is the fact that I think a lot of this stuff was already in motion before they really were like, oh wow, Mm -hmm. look at how well received he was. Look at how well received John Bernthal was as Punisher. Uh, let's run with it. Let's give him his own show. Uh, I think if not for that, you know, this might've been worked in you know, more threaded throughout more completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, uh, I think going forward though, the sky's the limit. I mean, we, we've got right now, every single thing that has come out on Netflix has been strong. You know what I mean? Even like, and they have the, the thing that is really crazy to me about it is that each of the shows that have come out so far, we've got the three have had like kind of different demographics that have really bought into it. Like different groups of people who really like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as well as a ton of crossover. I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I love Marvel. I'll watch all of these Netflix shows. Thank you. And, um, you know, but I'm, I'm definitely – I've talked to people who are like – like I've talked to people who were like Jessica Jones was amazing. And I'm like, oh, did what you think of Daredevil? And they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm really, like, wait, wait, what? That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, wait, what? You didn't know that there were two seasons of Daredevil? Um, and same thing with Luke Cage. There are some people who are checking out Luke Cage who had, didn't bother to check out Daredevil, didn't bother to check out Jessica Jones. I mean, like one of the big things going against Daredevil was, you know, that abysmal movie that happened mm, and then that yeah. abysmal spinoff sequel thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it's there are a lot of people who didn't bother to tune in because of that stuff, but I think we're we're getting people who are like, "All right, everybody's gushing about this stuff. They keep coming out with new shows." I really do think Defenders has tremendous potential. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Is that, it a, is it a lost um a lost opportunity for Netflix that they don't begin a couple of the episodes of Luke Cage with a little promo saying, "Enjoying Luke Cage? Make sure to check out Daredevil, Jessica Jones, oh, already yeah. available on Netflix." And then Get right into the opening music that's, and stuff. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you- I actually saw something cool. I was watching the Arrow last night on the CW app. And one of the commercials they aired was Luke Cage airing on Netflix. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and what did I? I saw All comic books, but hate DC and romance. <laughs> well, and for as much shade we've been tossing CBS lately, I was watching Hulu, and they were running CBS ads on Hulu, and I was I I didn't understand. <laughs> you don't have any of your properties on Hulu. Why are you advertising for them? No kidding. Oh, that's funny. But um, I wouldn't worry so much. Uh, too much about Punisher not being on there because in that you're looking at maybe one show then that doesn't have a strong supporting character that's going to be on the Defenders because if you look at uh, Jessica Jones there's no way that Hellcat's probably not going to end up being in Defenders um, mm. Misty Knight you're going to get Colleen mm. Wing from from Iron Fist if not Shang Chi as well oh um, right yeah so. yeah uh, Simone Missick had said that I think she might have been a little out of turn saying it, but she basically <laughs> said she didn't see how she wouldn't be on Defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I imagine they must be talking to her about it, but I don't know that she was supposed to say that yet because <laughs> one of the articles I read where they talked about that, they were kind of like, well, she said this, but you know, maybe that shouldn't have been said yet. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of the support characters. Um, you know, it's they're they're going to want to build up those characters, build up those stories, strengthen the to return back to the core shows as well, because mm-hmm. you know the Defenders is technically they're calling it like a mini series, you know. So I don't know if it's going to be like twelve, thirteen hour long episodes or something. It might be a, you know something that's more of like a long form movie oh, spread out over digestible parts. I I don't know if I don't know if anybody really knows the structure yet. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which will be cool too, though. Uh, moving on, though, but not moving on at all because we're still talking about Netflix a little bit here. <laughs> uh, another big thing that came out of Comic Con was Agents of Shield and Netflix and Jeff Loeb, you know, executive producer. Uh, he was questioned during a Q and A about, you know, will we ever see any crossover between AOS and the Netflix properties? And he said, basically, um, stay tuned. He's like, it's all connected. That's their new, um, their new, like punchline. Mm-hmm. No punchlines, not the headline, or I don't know. That's their new catchphrase. Is that, sure. yeah. when they're talking about all the Marvel stuff, they're trying to say everything's connected now. Um, and he, so he stressed that, and he said, "Stay tuned." Um, <laughs> it's all connected, except for X Men and Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, yeah, because mutants or the are, movies. To all the, the mutants are dead now, right? Right. right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or soon to be. I mean. Yeah. Dead or sterile. <laughs> uh, Brian, you've got some. Uh, I do. Yeah. So uh, some other news that came out of um, uh, New York Comic Con in an interview that Evangeline Lilly did with Blaster.com. Uh, they were talking to her about uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, right? And the upcoming film that uh, has her and Paul Rudd, uh, again, donning their suits. And it's going to be, from her discussion, she announced that it's going to be an uh, an origin story for the Wasp. So she's looking forward to that. And it's actually because of that, that origin story, that um, she and uh, Ant-Man aren't slated to appear in the Infinity Wars uh, films, but they're scheduled for part two of a follow-up Avengers movie, like uh, Avengers uh, three part two or something like that, so that they can give Wasp the full reveal. So she um, she was talking about how they didn't want to kind of do this. Well, let's introduce the character before the solo uh, Ant Man and uh, Wasp film. So um, so they're going to wait and uh, introduce her in the uh, or do a follow-up introduction after the solo movie with the two of them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the she also mentioned the script is uh, they're still in script development mode, but the initial script has been submitted and it's just uh, waiting to get approved by Kevin Feige or Feige or Fiji. <laughs> waiting to get approved by that guy. Should be good. I think I saw. Did they say Avengers Four? I think was the actual the movie she attributed. That's what they're suspecting. Saying. She. Yeah. I watched the interview. She didn't. She didn't outright say Avengers Four, but. Um, a, a following Avengers movie, so presumably Avengers four. If if parts three and four are going to be, um, well, I guess Avengers three is Infinity War part one, right? Right. Well, so. and then, but they, then they changed that initially. Well, it was supposed to be two part at the beginning, and they've changed it since then. I thought. Okay, so was maybe that's a, a single movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, so maybe that's what's going on. Because I was just thinking as you were saying this, I'm like, well, we haven't even gotten to Infinity Wars yet, so. You know, they're that we're talking they're about this movie, two parter movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- I mean, we could be t- potentially talking about like a 2019, 2020 release for this. What we're talking about here, right? Uh, but maybe not if they've trimmed down, you know, Infinity Wars and made it just one film. And you know, maybe this follows very closely. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle their new timetable because they kind of. I've noticed they've been kind of switching it up a lot lately. Like they've mm-hmm. been nixing a lot of the plans they had before um and i wonder if that's um i wonder what's inspiring that you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah so. for sure well speaking of another flying superheroine uh, if you guys don't know which you should because i haven't stopped talking about it <laughs> <laughs> supergirl premiered on the cw this weekend or this week on monday night um the numbers were not cbs numbers um it, when it premiered on cbs it was 13 million it did premiere to three, just over 3 million viewers on CW, which gave it its most watched show in that time slot for the last eight years. Six, depending on which, uh, which Nielsen rating you're looking at. But, so it opened up really well. Uh, everything that I've seen so far, it's been received really well. Um, I don't want to get into spoilers or anything, but I will tell you uh, the writers and directors of that show obviously watched Richard Donner's Superman and gave it a giant love note with this first oh, episode. Oh, really? Yes, Interesting. Okay. Absolutely. So. Um, you'll see, you'll see references o plenty in it. Um, it was really good. The energy was good. I liked most of uh, most of what I saw. I've got high hopes for the second season. So, at any point, does he rip the s off of his chest and throw it at a Krypton criminal? To um... uh, I assume that's going to happen in episode two, with as much honor love as they've. <laughs> right, they're saving that right, and yeah. yeah. Superman will spin a guy on a bar stool. And Perfect. They, and they already Can't did. Wait. They already did peanuts and drunk in a bar on last oh. season so they, they burned that but <laughs> <laughs> nice uh we get some news uh, also from new york comic-con about logan actually not from new york comic-con but from instagram of all places you you hip kids in your instagram use the uh, wponx uh account which i assume is coming from the director um should know that really honestly uh <laughs> wponx is that the uh, is that the radio station that throws the frozen turkeys out that's exactly it oh the humanity yes <laughs> Um, the, uh, they've, they've been releasing some information about the film on their Instagram account. First up was a photo of the uh, first page of the script, which is just called Logan. I think we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also it's seen not the, the Logan, not the <laughs> Logan. Yes. <laughs> the Wolverine Logan, man, Batman. Uh, nope. Just plain Logan. And, um, uh, they've also released a photo of uh, Patrick Stewart, who once again is going to be playing Professor X, but is playing a very old-looking Professor X. Uh, the film, I believe, takes place in 2027. Uh, I don't have it in my notes here, but I believe that's the case. Um, 
so it's a it's a future uh, Professor X. And um, they've also confirmed that Boyd Holbrook is going to be playing Donald Pierce as the villain in the film. He's a member of the uh, Hellfire Club, the blonde android dude. Um, he was also a leader of the Reavers or a member of the Reavers. So um, either one of those storylines or something brand new could be the one that they approach with the uh, Logan storyline. Now the Reavers are actually – no. There's, there's, so, it, who's the bad guy that's going to be on the Arrow crossover? It's not the Reavers. It's, um, that's all. It's, uh, that's a whole universe. different comic. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there's something. The name the Reavers did pop up, so maybe that was I in relation to Logan. There when are, you said it, beyond beyond Firefly, it actually yeah. triggered something mm-hmm. in my. I think there are Reavers on both sides, mm-hmm. or or am I thinking of Ravagers? There's one for Marvel oh, yeah. and DC. I know because I played Hero Clicks. I know that one. There's a couple of keywords in that game that are based on like team names like that, that or organizations that crossed over on both sides and created some really interesting uh, situations. I can't think of any DC Reavers off the top of my head. Ravagers. You're only talking about uh, Deathstroke's daughter. Yeah, not Sorry. sure. Um, so anyway, it's going to be a, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the arrow crossover notes right now just to see if there's anything wild dog, nothing I, I notes about who the villains are. In this. Am I alone though in wishing that they'd push out just a little bit further because I don't want it to get, you know, 11 years down the line and be like, this is not the future we were promised. Yeah. I, I'm tired although, of running into that. <laughs> although I'm, you know, we've, we've done the past, we've done the present, um, that we've done the past on multiple Wolverine installments, you know, as part of the X-Men and also yes. part of his solo stuff. So seeing something that takes place in the future, and again, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, because they could show a future where Cyclops and Jean Grey aren't around or, or something like that, and now we have to know that, all right, what are you going to do in the next movie to kind of get us to that direction? And if they don't, then how are they going to break the lore yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I'm with you. So all, if, you know, if they just don't, put um you know they they basically segregate him off into his own little storyline where the only real connection to the x-men that we see is um is professor x and that's really the safest way they can do it to not uh write themselves into a a hole i think they need to go go far into the future and just the the professor x that he's got is just um his astral projection oh wow you you know what i mean so sure. not even not even a physical form. Just he's still somehow linked to Logan. Interesting. But, he's a hologram, is what you're saying? Uh, no, mental mental, mental uh, hologram. Sensei. I guess it'd be. Yeah. yeah, right. That'd be called a voice in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Astral play. We already have a son doing that. We've got that. Uh, all right. Well, we got some more stuff to discuss right here, so we're gonna jump in. There's, there's just some fun headlines. I, I'm excited. I did see Arrow. I messaged Chris. I was like, Arrow kind of feels like he's trying to be a little Luke Cagey this season. It's just a little interesting, and and uh, it I, maybe it's because I've just binge watched the crap out of Luke Cage, uh, and it's not a skin color thing. It was actually how people are acting, the toughness, the 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 violence. They up the level yet again. This this season. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So I can say flash was an interesting kickoff. Uh, I'm not cut up on Supergirl. 
So I did not see the kickoff there, but we, we heard what you said, Chris. But lots of great TV out right now. Lots of great stuff. There's actually a headline, and I'm not being funny. I, I meant to put this in, but I wanted to throw this at you guys uh, because it does affect our listeners. Maybe they use this to listen to our show. Maybe they just like tech stuff. But, you know, Samsung Galaxy S, or 7 rather, uh, right, had issues. The batteries were overheating. The phones were exploding. They had a multi-million dollar recall. Mm-hmm. Today, breaking news this morning, they actually Samsung has announced that they are canceling the entire run of the sevens because replacement sevens are also catching on fire. Yeah, yeah. and blowing up. It's the smartest. So move. it's such a, it was such a bad, yeah. a badly handled recall that the mm-hmm. best thing they could do is scratch off the seven on any surplus phones they have that they've confirmed that are working. <laughs> put an eight on them and then wait, wait about yeah. six months and try and sell those. <laughs> All right. My my right. roommate's actually dealing with that whole thing right now because he, he got the replacement and then he went. He literally just went to the AT and T store like two hours ago and they oh, were wow. like, they're like, whatever we give you next, that's your phone for the next two years unless you want to buy something different. They're oh, like, geez. well, you know, it's because they're just doing courtesy exchanges at this point. It's not they. Don't don't even have an official recall for these second ones yet right so. yeah it just got announced today so they haven't actually put a plan in place yet. yeah but i, I saw uh, t-mobile dropped it completely they're like we're not going to offer this phone no matter how you know no matter what happens we're not carrying this phone like it's gone yeah kind yeah. of thing and yeah are uh, are you worried about letting him into the apartment with the galaxy 7 <laughs> when he comes back from the at&t store or is he is he completely getting no. away from the line you know the funny thing is you say that but like when he when we first started hearing the reports the first time around he had had his phone and it had been okay, mm-hmm. but it made him like really paranoid. You know what I mean? Like it made oh, him scared yeah. all the time. Anytime I smell smoke, I would be like, "Oh crap, is that my phone?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's I, I'll say something. You know, I have a Note Four, um, and when I plug it in every once in a while, the plug will sometimes make an electrical like burning smell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like these phones draw a tremendous amount of power. And it, it can be kind of nerve wracking because if you don't always like if you're not plugged in just right, sometimes they'll heat up, the pack will heat up, the batteries, you know. Uh, so it's a real thing. Um, but I know he he was like trying to figure out all kinds of stuff. He travel, he has to occasionally fly for work. So uh, I know a number of airlines aren't even allowing these phones on and carry on anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? They're just like you if you have a Note Seven, no. You yeah. know, mail it to wherever you're yeah, exactly. your ending destination, <laughs> which is crazy. I, and actually, I bet I bet Paul's bigger worry is, is he about to lose his Pokemon Go device? <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, I, 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 I have a proposition for Chris. Chris, would you rather talk on the Samsung Note 7 or Samsung Galaxy 7, whatever it is, or watch BVS three more times? Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's spinning the chamber I've got a chance I, I know what's going to happen the next three times with BBS it's going to be a bullet to my head every single time what if you're talking all right, to all right, all right. So, with, you know, we've got much more to discuss about that we've got a guest coming in next but right now other than the Samsung, don't look for that kind of gear, but look for other great stuff in your Loot Crate box. This, Although that would be a fun little scary prize, right? Loot Crate sends out all these recalled <laughs> Samsung 7s in the box. It's your choice. It's, ooh, it's scary. Will it blow up? Hollow it out. out Note 7s without the, the battery would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but they are sending actually horror stuff, talking about 40 years of creepy, campy, bloody icons, putting them in uh, this month's crate. You've got until the 19th of October. So 
at midnight. That's that's only a few more days away to get it. They're going to have stuff from The Walking Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. All these other things I've never really cared about or seen. But, you know, you probably like it. So I'm hoping you get some great stuff there. <laughs> now, have you seen the new, the new Loot Crate stuff? Because um, they've been doing new. these these um, separate, like the Firefly Crate mm-hmm. and the... Yes, right. Uh, uh-huh. There's a new Marvel one that's just Marvel gear and goods uh, presented by Loot Crate. And it's... Uh, Shut up. Every two months, the first Crate's theme is Mystics. So I wonder what you're going to get in there. So mm. why is Marvel creating its own competition? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or supplying its, its own competition that, to that, you mean to that the, extent. Uh, like yeah. versus Collector Core? Uh-huh. The Collector Core, right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's the same time. I'm subscribed time from too, Collector right? Core because I don't want any Funko Pops. I'm hoping. Yeah, that... Collector Core is all Funko Pop, man. It's, it's yeah. it was all right. Yeah, so I'm hoping. I mean, I, you know, just from looking at the the kind of stuff they were talking about the email, um, I want to say there was hints of a Doctor Strange robe, which sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Except for yeah. guys like me, <laughs> got, just like yeah. to the door wearing my Doctor Strange robe and nothing else. As long as its collar is, uh, you know, like those cheap right. pop-up yeah, tents, high. those cheap yes. pop-up <laughs> tents, so that you can flip it up and down real quick. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah that well, collar's got to be popped, man. For sure. <laughs> so there you go. I, I got it. There you go. Go to lootcrate.com. Go to forward slash giant size team up and air code giant size team up to get any of this awesome stuff and get some money off of your new subscription. So go check that out. Uh, all that stuff sounds cool. But Klotz, you have got a guest on today to talk about some comic goodness. Yeah. You know, I've got my friend Rob here who is the owner-operator of ComicPlug.com, as well as the man behind a very exciting new Kickstarter, uh, none other than Double A Squad. Hey, Rob. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, Which, uh, you know, the Kickstarter's open right now. Um, It'll still be open when this show goes live in a few days. We're recording, you know on Tuesday, the 11th of October today, but it, it's going to be going on for a number of weeks still. Um, I have seen the, the sample art that is on the site and it looks insane. Rob, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that show time squad. It was like a really bad, like nineties cartoon network show. Uh, basically it was like a robot, a little kid and like other robot, like a cyborg guy. And they like <laughs> went back in time and they, uh, they did a bunch of stuff with like the past, like George Washington stuff. Uh, this is kind of like a spinoff of that. It's about a, a team of four, uh, four people. They uh, basically the the universe is going to end uh, because this invention, the time mat, was created, and uh, it was hacked so people could go forward and backwards in time. So people are going back in time, messing everything up, uh, and they are basically the the worst of the worst. They handle like a uh, 1950s photo bombings and like gra- graffiti and 1805 <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, so no going to the past to set things right kind of stuff. This is me. Yeah, they're like they're like the lowest of the low. They're like a uh, we we keep you around, but uh, you don't really what you do is not really important. Uh, but soon they find out that what they do actually is important. Uh, right from the first issue, they go on. Uh, their first mission is actually to. Uh, edit a scene of someone uh, giving the middle finger in the first uh, film ever shown in 18, it's 1895. Um, and basically after that, they find out that, oh, th- there's actually more to do. And uh, they kind of, it's kind of like a zero to hero story. 
Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like I said, it's kind of a spinoff of Time Squad, except like there's a plot. And, uh, <laughs> the, show, the show had no plot. They were just like, "Hey, let's go back in time." George Washington's crazy. There's no reason. Um, every everything has a reason. Uh, there's like a bunch of twists and turns every issue. It's, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I tell you, I was looking at the reward levels on your Kickstarter, and I would like to see the network pledge <laughs> pledge the twenty five hundred just so we could get we could get Luke Beige in print. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <That's- laughs> That that reward was like like very last minute made because I realized that in the first issue there's like a very like a pliable scene where uh, you think someone might not be all right and for twenty five hundred dollars I'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> we're at a we're at a little bit over two thousand dollars now so we're reaching for thirty five hundred. If you fund the kicks, if you fund the comic, I'll, I'll kill whoever you want. Like, I just, I just want to get the book made. Wow, this went dark. Yeah, that escalated quickly. You want, you want their, you want their pet bird killed? Like, I'll kill it. I don't. <laughs> he is a uh, a comic writer for hire over here. Yeah. So I mean, it, it it can't be like any character. Like, what if we take out your main character? That's that's what the reward was for. The reward's yep. for kill kill off a main character and replace wow. them with you. Yep. That's that is some power. I mean, so, so go to patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. We want to raise the money to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so we could Except I want to reverse it. I want to maybe put my co host in and kill them all. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, wow. That is uh this is this is exciting stuff, folks. I mean, right. you, you know, you can you can be part of comic history and, and just completely destroy it as well. I just <laughs> I just love your your attitude towards it. like yeah I don't know I don't care I just want to get it funded I want to get this book made <laughs> I'm like that's cool. Uh, now what else before this? What else have you done? Because I I, I uh, didn't write down I, I apologize I didn't write down the sites that Klotz read off of. Tell us about your sites and what you've been doing. Uh, yeah, I uh, I do a comic news website uh, comic book. Um, uh, basically it just started with uh, we were looking for I don't remember exactly what it was it was like the, me and my friend were fighting over Scotty Young variants and uh, like what were like the best ones mm. so I googled like what are the best Scotty Young variants nothing really relevant came up and I was like alright I guess we have to make a comic website top 10 lists for this stuff and <laughs> like, and then it just kind of spiraled out of control. We, we started like I actually, I probably only started like really getting into comics like uh, like three or four years ago, and then uh, it just started spiraling out of control. We got some like pretty big breaks on interviews. We uh, we've interviewed uh, and I know so little I can't remember her name. Uh, Booster Gold. Booster uh, Gold sponsored you. He writes. He writes Booster Gold. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Let's just say Nathan or... Fillion. <laughs> oh my God, Charles! <laughs> Charles is our resident casual, so you know when he stumps, he just throws Nathan Fillion in. Dan Jurgens, Dan Jurgens, that's it. Yeah, like Dan Jurgens, uh, Colin Bunn, like a, a bunch of like big names did a lot of cool stuff for us. So uh, we just kind of started from that, and then uh, one day I realized uh, I really don't like a lot of comics that much because. Uh, a lot of comics suck. 
<laughs> so I was like, that's I'm just gonna make comics. One day I decided I'm gonna make a comic and then I did the end. So that's that's my story. So you you're really gunning for like the Alan Moore approach to doing uh comics, right? Like everything else is garbage, but what I made is awesome. Please don't make yeah, movies yeah, out of this. <laughs> uh, I have like a couple of ideas lined up. This was like the one I've had for the longest time. Uh, it was just kind of like, uh, let me see if I can get this funded or if I'm just a crazy person mm-hmm. who's on the street begging for change. Right. <laughs> um, I, and I, I, I want to jump back and mention like looking at the Kickstarter, uh, the art, like who's your artist? Because the art looks incredible. It looks mm-hmm. like you, it looks like you could slap a Marvel or a DC on it and have it be like a kind of a more kids oriented book. But like you definitely looks, it looks like it belongs on a newsstand. Yeah, my, uh, uh, I know a guy, James Roach, who, uh, he kickstarted his first comic recently, uh, Wretches. That was his first Kickstarter. And, uh, I really love the, the art for his book. I just asked him, I was like, Hey, who's your artist? And it's, uh, this girl, uh, Chun Lin Zhao from China. She, mm-hmm. uh, she's does a really good job. Uh, you should see my scripts. They're garbage. Like they don't make any sense, <laughs> but she, she just figures it out and she's like, is this what you wanted? I'm like, Oh, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she does a really good job. She, uh, she's really easy to work with. That's awesome. Yeah. She's quick too. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think we've, we probably two, like two months we did character designs in like the first nine pages and a cover. So she, she worked real quick. Nice. via emails that's remarkably quick for like a first go at something you know oh, yeah yeah it's it's really good i like the i like the differences in the in the looks of the characters i mean mm-hmm. not not only are they drawn differently but a few of them have the the artistic style and it is is disparate too which i think lends to different characters so, yeah I, I didn't really have anything in mind either i was just kind of like hey uh, uh i want the <laughs> i want this guy to be tall i want this guy to be black I want I want this girl to be some sort of Middle Eastern, and she just did a good job. I didn't really give her much, and she just <laughs> kind of worked off it. That's that's awesome. So th- now this is not your first comic foray, right? Uh, it is. Oh, it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because yep. yes. oh, so well, screw that question. I was like, well, how successful have you been <laughs> in doing that? So, uh, but you are getting you're close to being funded, is what you're saying. Yeah, That's we're cool. uh, a little bit less than fifteen hundred dollars away. This is day nine, I think. Yep. Yep. You got twenty one so days left. Yep. Twenty one days left. We uh, yeah, yeah, leave it to your stalkers to be ask. able to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that that brings up another topic I wanted to talk about with you briefly. Uh, you know, I have a another friend who recently kickstarted one of his books. And what I noticed between the two of you is you both had really attainable goals, like, you know, a couple thousand dollars, which is, you know, enough to get your first print run down and everything and all the obviously all the extras that you're offering and stuff, too. Um, did you was that like a calculated decision? Did you how did you go about like really planning that out? Because I bet there's probably some people out there who are like I'd really like to make a comic book, but I have you know no idea what I'm doing. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that that journey? Probably uh, like the last two weeks before uh, I launched a Kickstarter, I wasn't actually doing any work on the comic itself. It was just planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to like try and make it as close to as little as I needed. 
mm-hmm. but at the same time putting in uh, what if everything goes wrong uh, you kind of have to have that buffer there because things go wrong printing and, yep. and uh, rewards and stuff like the shipping costs uh, some of that stuff you just can't like 100% calculate mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I spent, a, I spent a lot of time talking to a lot of different uh, publishing uh, printing companies a lot of time trying to like calculate a general idea for shipping awesome um, you could only no matter what you do you're taking you're taking a guess mm-hmm. uh you don't you don't want to make your number too high to where uh you you see it go and you're at like that maybe like you made a five thousand dollar uh goal and you're at like that four thousand dollar line you start to start to die off and you're like man i could have done this for four grand what am i doing because yeah. uh because once you get started you can't change it so you kind of have to mm-hmm. really be set on that number but at the same time you don't want to don't want to have a number and then be like oh man this isn't nearly enough i'm, I'm in trouble <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely because that's really the thing about kickstarter is it's all or nothing like if you don't hit your goal you know you don't get to you don't get funded you know yeah. so, uh, i think that's you know there's been a number of projects over the years that i've seen that looked really promising but then when you looked at their goal it was like for what they were going for it was kind of unattainable but i i absolutely think you've got a really good chance at hitting this and folks at home, I mean, if you if you're at all interested in independent comics, give it a check out. Can you hit us with the uh, the Kickstarter URL? Do you have it off the top of your head? Oh, it's real. There's like a bunch of numbers involved. Oh, okay. Your best stuff. Yeah. yeah, we'll make sure it gets in the show notes. I yeah, we'll, we'll have it in the Kickstarter show notes. Chris is here. He well, doesn't. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, Double uh, A Squad. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, so I got a question about your website there, Rob. Sure. <laughs> all of those subscription boxes that you have on your subscription boxes tab, do all of those guys sponsor you? The website's been uh, slowly dwindling because oh. I'm uh, doing a bad job of keeping up. With <laughs> 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 like, well, like superhero stuff and nerd block. And yeah, yeah, stuff. hero block. Yeah, because yeah, we're, uh, we're sponsored by Loot Crate, and wow, you're all over the place with those guys. All sponsored your site. Uh, Is the the share sale? Yeah, it's all share sale. Okay. Except, yeah, the only like closed one is like Tfall. The other ones are all. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, the one thing everybody wants to know when after you're done talking about your sponsorship, <laughs> but you get to sit in for our main discussion of the show, and we're going to talk some Luke Cage. Have you been able to watch some Luke Cage, Rob? I haven't, but I've heard all of the hate. <laughs> all right. You know what? That, that's a great way to kick us off. <laughs> that is a great way to kick us off is that uh, I haven't seen it on my Facebook pages. I've seen the reactions to it. What hate have you heard for this show as somebody who's not seen this? What do you know about this show? Uh, everyone either says that it's amazing or it's too black is what I've heard, which uh, was a little surprising. And I'm very curious to what that means exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, if I can jump in here, I guess, you know, what's very obvious is that Luke Cage is deri- is a black, essentially a black exploitation character. And the direction they went with with the show was to make it very much about that, about its black exploitation roots, about black culture. You know, it, it is threaded with all kinds of references. And, you know, it talks very much about the role uh, in the struggle of black folks in America and what it means and in specifically in New York City and Harlem. 
Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So some folks really feel like Luke Cage is too black. And uh, what does, does that even have mean? Right. I mean, right? what are they? Are they saying that the there's too many black characters? Are they saying that the show just has too much of a a black culture feel to it? What? Um... I th- that's the only thing I can think of to mm-hmm. to put it nicely is that it's it's perhaps not relating to them in a way they thought that it would or should because it's too deeply rooted in a culture that's not their own. And right. so they're like, I don't, I don't get the show because instead of being open to a new change, you right. know, some, something different. And you get, I mean, my problem with that is it's such a weak argument. So you that... can get those same, you get those same, those same issues with it, with a director. You is know it... what I mean? Like yeah. you don't have to necessarily yeah. have that whole, that whole culture thing, but a director can shift that in ways that you, in nuanced ways that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on. But does that make right. Downton Abbey too white? Because I, I don't get that culture at all. I totally don't get it. Saying that for a long, long time. <laughs> Downton Abbey is too aristocracy. <laughs> um, you know, like what you were saying there, Chris. I mean, I think it is exactly what you just said. I think it's that some folks really who maybe don't have a lot of exposure to to black culture and specifically american black culture you know that's what we're talking about here um and maybe i mean like one of the things that really stood out to me is as i know a good amount but i'm no expert you know i I went to school for to teach history and obviously if you teach american history you've got to talk about what's what's happened and and what you know what african-americans have faced uh you know all the way as far back as slavery all the way up through you know the the racial tensions in this country particularly the 50s and 60s when it was really really bad you know um and the civil rights movement and all that stuff and some people just don't seem to be very comfortable with that and it's kind of sad you know what i mean like it's kind of disheartening because it's like this show does a really good job of demonstrating what's amazing about african-american culture you know what's amazing about you know black harlem culture and so on and so forth new york city you know the artists and the the inspirational figures that have come out of it um without giving too much away i mean there's there's buildings and places and stuff that are named after prominent black historical figures and they're spoken about with reverence and they're you know they're given respect and one of the things that i really liked that stood out to me was that you know, Pop's shop and and what Pop does with youth and what Luke ends up doing as well is try to represent a higher standard. You know what I mean? Like just a, you know, there's, they live, a lot of people are, that are in that situation, you know, live in a place like Harlem, live in New York City, Hell's Kitchen even, you know, they face crime and struggle on a daily basis, but there are places of hope and places of positive <clears throat> messages and inspiration out there and i thought that was something that luke cage did really well it was like you know it, it was a real positive note and it really showed what is amazing about that culture um i don't know if you guys feel the same but i i do i do uh the soundtrack is phenomenal uh oh, I, yeah. I grew up with actually a lot of that culture i mean just growing up i, I i'd never want to take away from somebody else's struggle it's i definitely have my own path but I grew up poor in the South. And once you hit a certain money mark in the South, you pretty much everybody's poor. It's not a black, white, Hispanic thing. It's just you are what you are. And so I did grow up with a lot of that culture. And I saw a lot of stuff I grew up with represented in the show itself. 
And I can say probably not many white people grew up that way. I just, I just did. I knew a lot of the stuff they actually referenced in the show. And I really enjoyed it. The one time, I, and this is not a spoiler, because uh, I know Ibbett hasn't fully finished the show, but the one time I felt like it got heavy-handed with the obvious politicizing of it. So I'm not saying it's too black by any means. I'm saying it's a, it gets a little overly political. It's in the very last episode when they start, everybody starts making speeches and there's a line that is literally dropped about who knew a man in a hoodie could be a hero, not a criminal referencing, uh, uh, Tavon Martin, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Trayvon Martin. Uh, there was another line about uh, something else that references another white on black crime. I was like, all right, now you're kind of stepping off the escapism. That is a comics that an escapism can have a good message. It can have a great message of, of struggle of a race struggle of a class you know it can it can educate as well as entertain but when they blatantly start making the speeches i was like i don't mind it but now you're kind of you're kind of pulling me out of the oh this is awesome stuff with a lot of great things being said to now you're a little heavy-handed in my opinion but i I think a they had the platform so they did the yeah yeah i felt thing. the same thing i felt the same and thing. and also if if you take out the, the fantasy portion of it. If you say that happened today in Harlem, that's exactly what would have happened. Those those spin lines would have come out of somebody's mouth. So I think they were true. Yeah, to, I can see that in, in the reality of it as well. Um, I don't know. I think as far as the, the only thing that I was missing for me personally, if 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 we're going to look at it from the black exploitation angle, is with as much tail as that dude got. He oh right. Needed to, needed to rob from the Colt 45. And at one point when he said something about coffee, he should have just said works every time. <laughs> That's what bring that up. Luke Cage is the only hero in the Marvel TV or Marvel cinematic universe right now that nobody can say no to him. His his third mutant power, his third superpower that we didn't know about. He's got super strength, he's got super healing. He's got super pull. You know, I'm trying to be a little clean for the show, but that man. <laughs> That man gets more coffee. He does Sweet yeah. Christmas. He he does better than Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark together. <laughs> Goodbye. And that's what they are known for, right? <laughs> you know. But I, what I generally don't get about people saying stuff like it's too black is how ridiculous it sounds in other situations. If I sat here and I was like, Daredevil is just too blind for me. Like, just, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I can't relate to not being able to see and right. seeing a world on fire. Right. I just I can't get it. Blind culture thing. I just can't wrap my mind around. Blind lives matter. Jessica Jones is too drunk. I don't get that. I just can't understand how she drinks that much. How much braille can they force into my hands? Ibbett, you've been kind of quiet on this. What is your take? Because you've seen enough to get a good handle on what the show is actually doing. I think it does exactly what it set out to do. I, I can't imagine a Luke Cage series being done in a in a different way, in a sanitized Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of style or in a right. romance Berlanti-verse kind of way. This is exactly how a Harlem-based superhero um, project, <laughs> I mean, project in every sense of the word, should be. Um, it's it's dark, it's gritty, and you can't have a, a um, 90% uh, African-American cast, a black cast, without having the blues and, you know, talking about these struggles and talking about the way um, uh, uh, they get treated and, and racism issues and things like that to do anything, to do any of it without that would be a disservice to the, the viewer and to that culture. So 
if these are whoever's making these arguments, they're absolutely missing the whole point. And, um, and yeah. I guess they won't be in front of me at, in line for the next Medea movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> not many people will, but no. no right. I, so, well, uh, yeah, I mean, so watch a sleep cage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that's another thing for me. There's been a lot of movies and, and some TV shows over the years that people could criticize as portraying a negative or perpetrating a negative stereotype of African-Americans of black folks. Um, and I really think Luke Cage tries from the very beginning and all the way through the whole series to not do that, to, to stress how important it is to, you know, be a positive role model in your community and to have faith in people. Even when people like, you know, like they talk about people acting like thugs and, and all that stuff in the streets and like living the street lifestyle. And yet there's still hope. You know what I mean? There's hope that people can redeem themselves. Like, I love the fact that pop is a character that used to be a thug. You know, he used to deal drugs. He used to do bad stuff. And then he redeemed himself and he reached out into his community and became a safe haven for, you know, other people, young folks who needed a safe place to go to go, you know, hide out for a little bit and and get some real, you know what I mean? Like some not insane violence and insane uh, poverty and all that stuff. Um, that's one of the things that I really loved about it. And that really stood out to me. And I love that Luke embodies all of that. So he's going to bring that to wherever he goes. Agreed. Um, so I, I don't see how you could watch it and think that it's too black and not see all that positivity there as well. It's like, I don't know what you thought you were getting into. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely like every other comic property. It has its own flavor. It has its own specific audience. Mm -hmm. It might not be for you. But for you to say it's too black and that's why it's not for you, maybe you should just keep that inside your house and not on the internet. Uh, my <laughs> wife, she watched Jessica Jones. She watched every episode of Jessica Jones. She watched the first episode of Daredevil with me when it first came out and didn't like it, thought it was cheesy. Did not watch any of season one or season two of Daredevil, but she watched Jessica Jones. It's just one's her cup of tea, the other wasn't. She's actually watched parts of Luke Cage, uh, mostly because Jeff Randall was here and we forced her to because we were getting shows done about it. Uh, but... It is, everybody has their own cup of tea, but when you say something like, and again, I'm so glad, honestly, that I've got my Facebook people following tweaked that I don't see ignorance on the internet in my own circles. I don't see people go, oh, I don't, I've seen people not get the show and that's fine, but I don't, anybody would come out and say, oh, it's too black. It's like, it's Harlem. Another, I could nitpick one another thing in the last episode. I'm not going to nitpick it because I know it can happen and it, it, it has some basis in, in believability. I found that a little heavy handed again, but again, I don't, I'm going to leave it alone. But other than that, is it, Harlem, if you put in a white lead anything in this, why bother? Right? Mm hmm. I mean, it'd be a little funny, but to also kind of drive home the point going back to Downton Abbey. Let's have Will Smith guest on that show. What's the point? It doesn't fit the show at all, right? You can't. You, you, I don't, well, I don't know. I'm just a little irritated. Will Smith being Will Smith. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, too. If he were to if you were to bring in some incredible performance and he could of yeah. an era yeah. accurate character, I mean, that would be a completely different story. But if, let's have Spike if Lee guest as a director for Downton Abbey. How about that? 
Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't fit. It's not the audience, is what I'm saying. Right, right, but right. just that, ah, it just blows my mind. It's like, I even, I was actually going to mock Chris at one point. I don't remember what you typed, Chris, but in our group, he said something and I almost went, Oh, you need the white boy primer. Here, let me help you out. Cause you asked some question about it and Mike actually <laughs> teased you before I could. So I, I didn't get the mock you for that, but I can get not understanding certain parts of it. And yeah, we'll give you a little grief, whatever. But I like when people give me grief. I also like when people educate me. And that's what Chris was looking for. But at no point did he or anybody ever know when it's just too black for me. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, just, just I, you know, uh, I saw I saw a little bit of what you were just talking about on Reddit when uh, when they put up the, um, the, you know, the season thread where you could go talk about it with spoilers. And a couple people chimed in. They're like, I, I don't get what everybody's all hyped about. It's it's boring. I was bored. Sure. Right away. And then somebody was like, Yeah, I couldn't find anything I could relate to. And somebody responded, like, Oh, you white though, then, huh? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm like, and that almost feels like wrong because it's kind of combative to say that. Oh, absolutely. It's it's true. It's like, so, you know, if you don't get what's going on, take a second, pause it, maybe do a little Wikipedia search and figure out what they're referencing, what they're talking about, or at least just sit there and take it in. I mean, I've watched tons of stuff over the years where it's like, I don't know what I'm getting into. Like, particularly British TV. When I first got into British TV, if you just pick up a random British show that's not like Doctor Who or something like that, something that's like very British, you know what I mean? Like where Mm -hmm. it's full of their slang and, you know, all their culturalisms and all that stuff, it it can be daunting. You're like, what the hell are they talking about? What's going on? Like, I think of like Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yes. Back in the day, you with, with the Cockney rhyming scheme and like, uh, you know, Pikey, like all this stuff. It's like, what are they saying? And it's like, just go, you know, ride along and, and ride it out and see, mm-hmm. you know, see what yeah. happens. And then if you didn't get it all the first time, if you were having a good time anyways, go back and try it again. Yeah, but those just titles on if you have to, to be able yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. But I love you what like you're that? saying, Klaus, is, is find that new experience. And, and there's yeah. definitely been times. Yeah, there's definitely times when my wife and I have watched, uh, we go deep into British TV. So we watch stuff that most people don't even. Because mm-hmm. it won't hit mainstream America. We catch it on Hulu. They have their own British section there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we'll look at each other and sometimes we'll look stuff up and sometimes we'll just watch for context and learn why it's funny, why the laugh track is going, why it's supposed to be a joke, you know, those kind of things. And that's what I think you're saying here is, is if you don't understand it. Now, I want to be clear. None of us are saying if you didn't like it, you're racist. That's not what we're saying at all. We're saying no, the people no. who say it's too black are being racist. They're, you're being ignorant. You're being sheltered. Open up your horizons. Yeah, you're, you're, if it's not your cup of tea, if you're I bored, mean, that's fine. Yeah, I don't know if we need to go so far as to say racist, but you're missing the point of it. If right. you yeah. if you feel like it's too black. <laughs> racist. Anyway, sorry, no. Uh all right, Rob. That's racist. <laughs> Rob, and thanks for being on. You got any last uh things you want to throw out here? Uh <laughs> you know the funny thing is you don't know that charles does that all the i do time. i'm sorry no, man, no. i mean i watch every episode of course i know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just uh check out the kickstarter uh give me all your money thank you perfect that's awesome man. you know i like an honest man who's just like just give me all your money one of my favorite things that rob has done in the last couple of days since it launched is he was he posted he's like if you like comic books like this status but i warn you I will ask you for your money, and I mean it. I'm going to come after you for you your money. You don't understand how truthful that actually was. I messaged every single person that liked that, 
And I was like, give me your money now. Give me it. <laughs> yeah. Man, but uh, overall, I, I've been grinding like really hard for it. Uh, like I've actually, I probably made like $250 going on Twitter and just like typing, typing in the search. I just backed. And every time someone like just backed something on Kickstarter, I'm like, Hey, check out my comic book. <laughs> like, literally, literally like probably two, two to $300 just from that. You nice. Are, uh, you're the definition of, of hungry and yeah, thirsty man. and you're, you're on it. You're after it. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's awesome. And, and uh, we're going to follow it. The link is definitely in the show notes. I mean, I, I Chris has already grabbed them and put them in our notes here. They'll be uh, in the show notes on our website. That is giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel. And we're going to follow it and see how you do and see how this thing grows. And and I uh, want you to come back and talk about your next one that you're going to do after this and all that jazz. Yeah, so very cool. Well, while we let Rob go and say our goodbye, stay tuned. We've got bills to pay ourselves. Give us your money. But just listen to these ads. You know, it makes it easier for you. Right. So take, check out the, our our advertisements that are not supposed to be politically charged because we dealt with that <laughs> earlier on last week. And we'll give a brief statement about that. When we come back, we've got your emails. We've got some Twitters. We've got some, a lot of great stuff to read. So stay tuned right after this. We'll get to you. All right. We're back. And thank you for listening to that. Hopefully it was very whitewashed. Oh, that's a bad term. Hopefully it was very middle of the road for you <laughs> and very non-charged because hopefully, we definitely had an issue. Hopefully a product Which you've already bought during that commercial. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, we were informed last week that uh, when our most recent show went up and a number of the other shows that are on the network went up, uh, fans reached out and told us that uh, there were a number of political ads they were being run attached to our show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and so we wanted to address that really quick and say, first of all, we apologize. Um, we Our relationship with Blog Talk Radio is that they they seek out ads for us. You know, we don't, we don't get final approval on them or anything like that. Uh, it's generally not an issue. You know, it's it, this right. is something like this has never happened before. Innocuous uh, is the term. Right. And so it, it wasn't really that anybody was specifically grabbing political ads and putting them on these shows. Uh, it was just, you know, they were selling ad space. They filled it with people who were interested in buying it. Uh, so we wanted to apologize for that and we wanted to make it very clear that we don't support any particular uh, political candidates in any races, uh, presidential or otherwise. Uh, one of our main goals here at Giant Size Team Up and on this show, Breaking the Panel, is that we're about escapism and enjoying, you know, nerddom and fandom and all of that and and having a good time. And sometimes we talk about complicated social issues like we have on this show and we have, a, have on a number of other shows, but we're not – a political network. We're not a political show. That's not really our emphasis. Uh, but we do talk about things that do crop up when it pertains to the to the fandom and everything. So we wanted to apologize to anybody who was offended or otherwise bothered by the ads that were run. And we have requested that no more political ads get run with any of our shows anywhere on the network. Uh, and so that shouldn't be a problem going forward. But we really wanted to thank everybody at home. We appreciate it. If you hear something that, you know, doesn't sound right or seems out of character or anything like that, because that's really how I got hit with a lot of it was a lot of my friends were like, hey, this doesn't seem like a thing that would normally happen with you guys. And I was like, oh, well, let me look into that. Um, When you see something like that and you reach out to us, we really appreciate that because it lets us fix problems right away. So thank you. 
you know, everyone at home who reached out and especially the people who reached out and said, hey, uh, these ads bothered me, but I, I'm guessing that, you you know, they gave us the benefit of the doubt, basically. We really appreciate that. So thank you very much. And we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to make sure it never happens again. Uh, so thanks. Absolutely. All right. We have an old friend from down under, yes. Mr. Frank Allen. Why don't you uh, read this? Awesome I will. Email? And I will refrain from doing any silly voices as I read this. Uh, gentlemen after hearing your discussion about cbs and their snubbing of hulu i thought i might provide a more international perspective for what it's worth hulu might be the better option for u.s viewers but for anyone else it's not hulu is u.s only and as true blue dinky d aussie that just plain sucks (laughs) I don't know what that means, but whatever. Hey, we're oh, gonna you said look you for context. We're gonna we're gonna look for context. We're gonna let this right. We're gonna have a new experience, Ibit. <laughs> I can respond to the email with whatever voice I want, but I'm not gonna read it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am staggered that things like geoblocking exist in the current digital world of 2016. Right. It has absolutely nothing more to send all those ones and zeros internationally than it does within the U.S. I'm sure this is the part where the lawyers have something to say, but sincerely, F those guys. Go back to watching reruns of Murphy, uh, Murphy Brown, you mugs. <laughs> This is what I believe is behind the CW's move with their own app. Netflix is a more global service, so the deal with them makes sense. Plus, by having their own CW app, they can push their content to whatever country they choose. Point in case, Netflix is the only way to legally watch the CW shows in Australia right now. Our local channels simply don't air them, or if they do, they're weeks behind the current episode. There are, of course, other ways to find the show, uh, Descendants of Criminals. (laughs) I understand the logic about having multiple subscriptions, but I believe the network CBS is trying to think bigger than just the US. And unless Hulu does the same, we're going to see more content creators taking similar action. Also, I hope that someone other than Chris Wisdom reads this. Otherwise, y'all be too busy laughing to respond. <laughs> Signed, Frank. All right. Well, we, we honored that request, sir. I get that. I, I get that. Uh, now he's not saying that CW app is actually coming to Australia, so uh, I'm not right. sure if that's how it. And Netflix right. won't have it. See, when you say the the local channels don't simply air them, or if if they do, they're weeks behind. Well, Netflix is going to be a season behind. I mean, you well, get it he, eight days after the final. He's definitely onto something here because uh, you know even Netflix. Even though it's an international service, it is very different in different places. Yep. Uh, for example, you know, network friend Nikolai, uh, when he lived in Romania, he couldn't get it at all. Yeah. And now that he lives in England, uh, he can get it, but they have different programming. So it's tough. Even the even these networks or uh, off services that offer, you know, these things internationally, they don't always offer all the same programming. Uh, and I, I'm right. with Frank here. Like, it's about time we get rid of this geo-blocking thing. Like, find a way to mm-hmm. make it work. Because yeah. uh, it, it's really crummy. And vice versa. We've talked about it in the past. Like, it's really frustrating, for example, when a new Marvel movie comes out and it comes out two weeks ahead of time in Australia – and all and and Asia and all of those guys are ruining it for us on social media <laughs> and the internet right. for two weeks. I mean, it's like it's not even like it's a few this days. This is why we, we geo block you, Australia. Right? <laughs> yeah, you don't get to watch any of the CW shows for like a year, but you totally get the Marvel movies like two weeks ahead of time. And so not fair. And you know, and Hulu, it's it's all just a symptom of the larger problem that you guys are discussing. But I I go um, I watch a show called Plebs. That's uh, it's on its third season and it's comedy in England, um, and it premiered in April, 
and that whatever their Hulu equivalent is or their apps, they've had it since April, since the show was airing. It just finally made it to Hulu this week. So we, we, we feel the same pain about stuff. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't necessarily have access to whatever the British analog of Hulu would be or if there's an Australian analog, right. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we feel it in, in the same direction, just not with as big of shows, I guess. So. Right. Now, uh, other it's than... Hulu Dinkums yeah. in Australia. <laughs> 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 now, other other than... Cause I can imagine different countries have different rating systems, and it, it. I've heard stories about Australia and how sometimes super strict they can be on their TV broadcasting stuff. Other than those kind of inter national law issues if you bring up not that anybody has but i can imagine large bringing up if you bring up ad revenue and we're not able to charge you're losing yes you are and you're losing income and you can figure out ways to do it because now not saying frank does this or everybody in the world does this but you're encouraging pirating which gives you zero income period yeah. Well, and, who actually wants your product. And, and that's at worst. I mean, at best, you're looking at people that are going to use proxy servers and then your local, whatever it is, local that could be benefiting from that revenue space isn't going to get it either. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, Dan Abaccio writes in Klotz. Okay. What you got? Yeah. That's you're right. I'm sorry. He, does, he even says it in the email, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah it, it does. does. <laughs> Last line. Oh, Charles. Sorry. <laughs> what a way to start it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so Dan B writes in and says, uh, "Dear hosts, I would like to let you know that I've been a huge fan of the network since I found From the Helicarrier a couple years ago. I listened faithfully every week until its last episode. I enjoyed your expertise, opinions, strategies, humor, and style. I appreciated when you would occasionally break the panel." and discuss various topics related to social issues, pop culture, gaming in general, and other random things that made me laugh out loud. I even had an email read on the show. I was excited to hear you create a break in the panel and have listened to every episode since the beginning. I also added DC on the screen and Marvel Cinematic Universe to my podcast playlist. I have really appreciated the way that you discuss issues related in particular to stereotypes, discrimination, bigotry, diversity, and political correctness. I have listened to many of your conversations related to these sensitive issues as far back as Iceman and know that all the hosts are good, loving people that speak up against words of hate. I am convinced that you would all stand up in the defense of any person. One thing I have learned from from your conversations on the show is that the hosts fall within the same generational age span as me. We grew up in a world of political incorrectness and insensitivity. As discussed in many episodes, times are changing, and we need to be more socially conscious and sensitive to diversity. As a result, we need to be... And we need to be even more careful with what we say. It's not that anyone intends to be offensive. However, we can say things that can be perceived as offensive. There are times where you let things slide, and I think you should be made aware. Uh, we did a little edit of this cause he, he cited some specific examples, um, and which he was correct in, right. He was very correct on. Um, and as a matter of fact, when we discussed this internally, we all kind of remembered those moments very clearly. So, um, and he s- continues to say, I will say that these are not the only times the hosts have let, uh, these types of comments slide by casually. I am a faithful listener and will continue to listen. However, I don't want a new listener to turn away from the podcast. Thank you again and keep up the great work. Dan B. Uh, and so basically uh, what we wanted to say is we talk, we discussed this internally and we absolutely agree. There have been times where uh, in the nature of, uh, you know, cracking jokes on each other or, you know, just general colloquialisms, we've fallen into language that we're maybe accustomed to at different times. But we've definitely said some things that 
didn't represent how we feel or, you know, what we want to represent. So uh, we apologize for that, and we're going to do our best to correct that going forward. But if anything like that pops up in the future, uh, please take Dan B's example here and give us a ring and let us know because uh, we really appreciate that feedback. So thank you. So, so you're saying if they don't like it, put a ring on it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Just checking. Cool. Now we're uh, going to get a letter from Beyonce. Well done, McFall. <laughs> Hey, you like okay? You're just go. You're just upset because you're gonna be gone by the time it comes in. <laughs> no, well, I mean, yeah. we need him here though because we didn't air enough of it to. We're still good on copyright, right? My license. I do want to. I do want to address it uh, real quick. In the nature of comedy and in one-liners, you have to know your audience, and that's a little difficult sometimes in podcasting because in. I have tons of gay friends and I work with gay people and I will make gay jokes because I know they know me and I know they know I'm just teasing them and messing. You know, it's a humor thing. But in a podcast, when it's just a screen and a microphone, you can't see everybody who's listening, right? You don't know your audience. And he, Dan here, brought up a good point about remembering that. Remembering not everybody who listens, especially first-time listeners, will understand who we are, won't have heard all the great things we've said, standing up for civil rights, standing up for uh, all kind of human rights for people. They'll hear the offhanded, off-color joke, yep. and it can hurt. And that's something that we definitely want to keep in mind, and we appreciate the, the input. Uh, at, on Twitter, Mike Conrad wrote in, who is at RadPuppy71, uh, at Pedal Breakers, listening to the newest episode and was wondering if you've given thought to adding a segment recommending comics to read. That is actually something we've mentioned here in the past. We're going to be working on possibly a way to bring that in. And when I said to him, I replied to him and said, yeah, we, we absolutely have been talking about that. He got excited, asked for an email address, and is going to send in some suggestions himself. So we definitely look forward to that. And that's the segment where we're looking at possibly throwing out some, some storylines or some things to read. Yep. Nice. So Thank you. So we got another one here. Um, let's see. We got some more international flavor coming out. So, good eye, mates. I'm sure you guys will have discussed this already, but can we please light a fire under the editors at Warner Brothers? I'm all for special edition Blu-rays and bonus content such as featurettes, interviews, and behind-the-scenes stuff. But when are you know when you're knowingly editing footage that could have easily been screened in theaters or watchy boxes, as we call them down under? <laughs> And then, and then using that as a draw card to boost sales, you, my friend, are screwing a pooch. Is 13 minutes extra runtime really going to hurt your theater sales? And obviously, D-bag director David doesn't even know what the footage has been filmed on his own dang movie. As excited as I am for Wonder Woman and Justice League, I've got half a mind to boycott the theaters and save my dollars. They have dollars down there? <laughs> yeah, AUD. I, I thought they were dingoes or something. I thought they were dingoes. AU is a, they call it a dollar as well. Okay, so okay. Uh, for all the for the actual movie that will come out six months later, fool me once, Warner Brothers. Unfortunately, in this modern era, this isn't as pract this isn't practical. I can't expect to not have the movie ruined and exist on the internet at the same time. Hashtag first world problems. The Australia is nowhere near first world. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. Well, it, it's, it's like a margarita. It's real good around the rims. Oh, I, oh, I gotcha. Okay, good. We, we love you, Frank. Wow. <laughs> Sadly, this trend seems to do well for them financially, if PBS is any indication, and is not limited to movies. You know what DLC used to be in the gaming industry? A fracking sequel. Insert clots, clots soapbox here. Ooh. 
that was my headphones. That was my headphones. We, we don't have enough time today for me to go into a uh, a uh, soapbox moment about uh, DLC, but yep. some other time. All in all, I really want DC properties to be successful, but if they continue to be run by corporate muppets who can't get their story straight, it's tough to support the brand, especially in the face of how easily Marvel seems makes it seem. Even in their most troubled movie, Ant-Man turned into an enjoyable finished product. Keyword there for all edit- WB editors, finished. Mic drop. Frank out. <laughs> you didn't say so you that couldn't is, read that one. <laughs> so yeah, you didn't say you could, yeah. for anybody at home that doesn't know what this refers to, uh, David Ayer had said that the theatrical release of Suicide Squad was absolutely his, yeah, the did. director's cut. It was uh. his cut. It's the movie as he intended it to be uh, to put out there. And they announced that they're going to have extended scenes. And uh, yeah, um, basically, they announced their Suicide Squad is going to have an ultimate edition, just like BBS. Right. Mm-hmm. And they announced this last week, which was like a month after Dad, David Eric came out and said, nope, this is the final cut. There will be no extra edition. Yep. Yeah. I proceeded to, I believe I what I said to you guys in our group on Facebook was, uh, I hope he's getting enough uh, treatment in the burn ward for the fact that his pants are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well yeah. said. Now, you know, the, the uh, my little bit of soapboxy rant, I'm going to make it very short here because we're getting to the end of the show. But Warner Brothers, you've got to stop. Like people are going to lose faith in you if you keep doing this. You've done it a number of times now. Stop. Like mm-hmm. just full stop. And respect the fact that an audience, if they really care about your property, are willing to sit through another five, ten minutes of movie if it makes it a more complete product. If you think it's good enough to end up on the final cut of your DVD – it's good enough to show up in the theater. Do it that way. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I'm gonna yeah. be. I'm gonna do the thing that I probably shouldn't do, and I shouldn't be the guy that does it. But I'm gonna defend him a little bit with caveat, because as a longtime Star Wars fan or even a Goonies fan, I know that I love a Kevin Smith fan. That's another good example. I love it when that next edition of the movie comes out. What What are you throwing at me this time? What What extra features are you putting in there? Oh, you found another. 37 seconds of movie that that you didn't know existed and you're going to put it in awesome cool the problem is i feel with dc is that that can't be the next edition that comes out after the theater because then it does it looks like you're just that's not them yeah that's not I mean, that's not wait, what they were showing you suggesting in the you're not suggesting then they release multiple versions of the dvd or the blu-ray are you like a james cameron kind of thing well i'm i'm, I'm saying to me that would almost be more palatable because everybody because you already see well, that all over the place, and, these, and and we're only we're only chastising Warner Brothers for doing it, and a lot of people do it. Lord of the Rings, all of the Lord of Rings did it. All uh, the Lord of the Rings was a little different because they added like a, close to a half an hour to each of those and, movies. And, and I've got you, but your your argument would still stand if your no. fans care. They would sit through it, and it's like we've discussed. You can easily uh, add in an intermission, but I digress because the point right. is, is people have been doing it. And Star Wars right. is a prime example of it. Kevin Smith is another. How many different editions of Clerks do I own? Several. Right. Well, you're ta- but you're right. also talking years. No, exactly, apart. and that's what I'm saying. And that's and that's, yeah, that's the caveat is you cannot and, do it right out of the gate that way because it's disingenuous. It shows that you're no, just. No, but there's even worse. It was even worse. Is what Frank says here. Finished. BVS, you're well. You had an issue with the Superman character, but that being aside, everybody had a bit of an issue going. These cuts didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Some of it just popped. We have questions: Why did this happen? And then the Ultimate Edition made the movie a whole different film. It felt like classic, true suspense spy movie type feel versus the 
jitter jamble of what it was. That is not a finished film. The same argument was made for Suicide Squad, right? We all had our different opinions on how it went. It was kind of fun, whatever. But we felt like some of it, why did it, Why did all of a sudden this happen? Why did all of a sudden that happen? And if these 13 minutes tie it together and make it a coherent film, that's not an extra addition. That's not a collector's edition with 13 more minutes of footage that didn't really matter to the film, but you might like it because it's Thor brushing his hair in the wind, you know, right. yeah. whatever. It's you, like, When you talk about Star yeah. Wars... Yeah. I haven't ever gone and seen another edition of Star Wars because I didn't need to see TIE Fighters in HD or now they added more color to the explosion you of take this. That or, back. Spoilers. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, Star Wars had, there's the classic edition, right? Where Han shoots first. And then there's the special edition films. I feel like I'd, I'd want to earn, I'd want to own both. There's aspects of one I like, and there was an aspects. uproar when that happened, right? Ibit? Right. There, there was, was a there huge uproar. Totally was. Well, the the big beef for a long time was that there was no way to get the original theatrical cut on right on at you know home media uh -huh. uh, until very recently when Disney took it over and they said they're going to make it available. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but not yet. No, no yeah, not they, yet. they said it's coming though. They said, we're going to give you the original theatrical without all the special effects and all that stuff from. You know, <laughs> it would be nice if you had like a, a settings panel that you could get to from yeah. the first screen of the DVD. So, okay. I want Honda shoot first. But yes. I want yes. <laughs> but I want the <laughs> ring, the planetary <laughs> ring explosion right. of the special exactly. editions. And I want THX right. sound. Yeah. I want the <laughs> Pulling down the uh, the statue of the uh, the emperor, or the, or the not Ewoks, but the but I do not too. want Anakin put into my movie. Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, uh. can I get the Anakin free or the Jar Jar free edition? Yeah. yeah. Um, so all right, we we talk forever, but yeah. there well, I mean, we, we, we might actually bring this back next next week to to flesh it out a little bit more. But yeah, that's it hits a hot note for everybody mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, Jonathan L writes in, hello people that are breaking the panel today. First off, I liked BVS, or as I call it when I call it when getting my ticket, orphan fight. <laughs> <laughs> Second, after listening to your discussion last episode about shows like Arrow and The Flash leaving Hulu, it reminded me of a question I've always had. When a show like The Flash or Supergirl are free to watch over the air and record on a DVR to skip commercials, what is the morality of pirating that same show? In essence, it's a free product, so can you... Deal? Something that is free to everyone? Uh, well, we'll get into that in a second. I have an over-the-air TiVo that I record all my shows on when they air, and most of the times I watch the shows on it since it's on the largest TV in the house. But I do download the shows off of Torrent so I can watch them on my home media server anywhere in my house and also keep all the episodes until that season comes up on Netflix. I also keep my TiVo hard drive from filling up so fast that I don't have to hit the green button to skip the whole commercial block. I know, hashtag first world nerd problems. <laughs> no, 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 no. The hashtag is nerd world problems, cool. dude. All right. I do have, hold on, you'll get your say. I do have an open source program that downloads, converts, and cuts out commercials automatically for my TiVo, but wow. the torrents I get do a lot better job at compression and cutting commercials out, and I can download them faster than my computer can render the TiVo files. Also, there have been times that severe weather updates or breaking local news cuts into my recording, and that's when I really need to download the shows. So when it comes to TV shows that are free over the air, like Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what do you think if pirating a show when you already have the show recorded and you just want the convenience of that of what that torrent brings? And I know you cannot condone pirating or anything, and I know that the law can be gray on this. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the matter. Thanks, Agent Nork. M.A. will never be forgotten. <laughs> 
I do exactly the same thing that he does to a point. We watch. Uh, we have. Uh, we've cut the cable, but we have a uh, over-the-air antenna with a TiVo, so we record all of the network stuff. So I get my CW stuff that way. I get my Gotham, my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that way as well. And I'm totally with them. I mean, yeah, it's convenient if I'm in the house to be able to watch Arrow and Supergirl and all that stuff in the house, and I can do some streaming with the TiVo to my iPad, but the quality isn't there. The um, If I'm in a place that has crummy service. I don't want to have to remember to download the show from the TiVo to my iPad first. So I can totally relate to his issue here. And um, it's a, I, I can see a lawyer having a field day with this, but it certainly doesn't feel like pirating. And I don't do this folks. I'm not condoning this, but it doesn't feel like pirating if it's something you can get free downloaded over the air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is it's, it's one thing, Game of Thrones, right? You have to pay for the HBO service one way or the other. Yes. It's never a free product there. But right. when you're talking about something that you put into airwaves that go out to everywhere else, okay. I, I, I don't know, man. It's, you do we're, we're getting to this territory of we're getting to the territory of quality fingers old laws, right? Because they're not catching up with the new media fast enough. Right. Right. Versus what your customers want and what we're getting from technology is, Hey, take your stuff everywhere. And some services like Comcast, I I don't subscribe. Literally. I don't subscribe to Comcast cable. So I'm not endorsing them, but I'm saying from their commercials, their new products on Comcast to say, Hey, we'll TV it here, but watch it on this TV, watch it on this TV, watch it on your tablet, watch it anywhere in your network at home. Mm -hmm. That's what we're being taught to say, Hey, you can have it the way you want it. But the manufacturers aren't keeping up, right? The people who put out Supergirl will absolutely sue you and take you to court if they can trace that you downloaded the show right. off a of torrent. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think it's a hazy shade of gray for morality. I think it's a, a stinky dumpster fire for customer service. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think ultimately, you know, the the true legality of it is since these shows eventually are sold on DVD or Blu-ray as you know complete seasons and stuff it is still very illegal you know Mm -hmm. Uh, because when you as described in this email the reality is when you download it as well as just dvr it or whatever you're still preserving it long term you now effectively own that show or season or whatever and you didn't pay for it um but yeah i mean the reality is that it's really messy because Torrent sites, the people who are dedicated to putting out high-quality torrents for movies and TV shows are really good at what they do, and they put out a superior product. Uh, you know, shows that have commercial breaks, I've seen a number of ones that are downloaded that are, like, seamless. They're really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have them up within the hour. Like, it's incredible. Like, they, they have them up in high-quality, fully edited, fully rendered very, very quickly. Um and they're arguably doing a better job than the content owners, content producers are because they're not, you know, making these things available for, you know, to be downloaded and so on and so forth easily and used on your devices and all this stuff. So it's like on one hand, yeah, like they're uh, – pirating is illegal. You know, torrents are technically illegal. But they're doing something that these companies are refusing or are incapable of doing and they're providing that service to people because there's demand for it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a little different than just downloading an album or a song or something like that like it was back in the day, which is clearly just stealing something right. that's easily obtainable. The other issue I have is 
buying these shows, like for example, um, Flash. Uh, th- there's a listener that's going to hear this at home. One of my close friends who listens to the show, her husband bought the season for Flash, and apparently, oh no, he bought the first episode, but he was looking at the price for the whole season, and apparently it was like forty four dollars for the whole season. Oh, that can be outrageous. Oh, yeah, yeah and that's wow. through Amazon, yeah. and that's insane. Like that's not reasonable. I'm sorry. Like that's for something you pump out. Like as we just discussed, you pump that out over the air for fr- quote unquote for free with commercials, but like. I don't know, man. It's like it's like the whole iTunes thing. You know, iTunes changed music. It made songs. It generally have the value of 99 cents, and that can be frustrating. And there's a lot of artists who have taken a, a big beating because of that, and I, I totally respect that and feel for them. But on the other hand, that is what technology has brought to us. It is now capable to proliferate all of this media so efficiently, and the industries are not adapting to that. And I, I, I really would like to see them try to find a way. I think maybe some of these apps, like the CW app, is a step in the right direction. Um, I don't want to have an app for every network that I watch something on, but you know, if that's the solution, I guess that is a solution. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it, it's tough, but yeah, you know, laws and considerations definitely got to catch up. But uh, somebody in the, within the industry, there needs to be a little bit of a fire lit. There needs to be a challenge internally to start striving to provide a similar quality of service so that you discourage the pirating. You know what I mean? Well, I will say. HBO and CW, the steps they've taken, uh, having their own apps directly to the mm-hmm. consumer is a great step in the right direction. You're taking control of how you reach your audience. Because don't the reason I don't download is not or torrent is not because I'm illegal or morally upstanding. It's because I'm lazy. I don't have to <laughs> deal with it. And I don't like the thought of, oh, I gotta make sure I'm not caught by No, what make it easy for me to stream on the stream. I that's it. That's why I didn't watch the whole first season of Supergirl because CBS gave us the middle finger digitally. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Now I am. It's on Netflix and I'm going through it and I'm still not that impressed. It's okay. <laughs> but I, I just, so they're doing good. HBO, people who are stepping in, and we'll see what happens to CBS. Maybe with this new Star Trek thing, as much as we think it's going to stink, they might actually help push the industry forward too. So sure. I don't know, but we would love to hear from you. Facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel. We put up news. We put up thoughts. We put up comments. We want to hear from you. We're getting some, starting to get some great comments on the links that we're putting out and some feedback there. Twitter is panel breakers at panel breakers on Twitter. Patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. Go and help support the show. We would love to, to have your support there. And no, Chris, do not start talking about prize levels. I'm done with that. <laughs> And rate us on iTunes, giantsizeboat.com forward slash breaking the panel. And, you know, we're going to pour one out for our homie right now, Brian Ibbett, who will Aww. never be dead again. <laughs> to us, you oh, wait, are. I, I no. do have to talk to you Thursday. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's right. You guys can all still hear me on uh, Pokemon Go podcast. So um, uh, I'm around. I'm around. I'm still part of the network, but uh, maybe not. maybe not vocally. All right. Uh, well, you know what? You're the last man out, so tune in next week to hear Brian Evans say nothing. Oh, my God. Oh. That burglar. <laughs> <laughs> or, or alternatively, the Brian has fled. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there.